Greetings, my friends, and welcome to Minute with Mark. I am pumped for today. This is another off-the-cuff um, episode. We're titling it Enthusiasm and the Science of Marketing in a Soundbite Culture. I just got off about a 45-minute meeting with my tech lord and company master, Jaden Easton, and we went over some scientific marketing on our email stats and podcast stats and just reaffirmed a shocking thing to me. And we're in a soundbite culture and I have some really relevant real life data on how you can market and how we market in a soundbite culture. Also a little concept on enthusiasm that um, my son Isaac regarding his selling went through. And like I said, this is off the cuff. Um, just going through the day right now, my lunch is waiting for me in the kitchen. So I set my phone for 30 minutes. And when I hear that little chiming, I'm going to pretty much cut myself off in mid-sentence. So we, we got a lot to accomplish. Hopefully I can get to it real quick by way of lunch. And I'm going to, this is, let me vaccinate you a little bit. You're going to, a bunch of my listeners are going to shriek back and go, oh man, I don't know if I believe this guy anymore. I think he might be on the edge. So Shani texts me about 30 minutes ago and said, Hey, what do you want for lunch? And I said, um, Southwest grilled chicken salad by McDonald's. And I have friends and it's so funny, the wealthier friend set that you get, the more and more like religiously opposed to McDonald's people become just, just on principle, like not, not because just, just, they feel like it's trendy and vogue to say, ah, I don't need a McDonald's. I have a big friend, super famous guy. And he's like, I wouldn't touch McDonald's. I haven't touched it in 10 years. I wouldn't come close to that restaurant. And so anyway, the Southwest Chicken Salad, let me give a little ad for McDonald's here. You get about close to 30 grams of protein. You do it grilled. There's very low, um, there's almost nothing bad in that. The greens are extremely proficient. They're good. They're healthy. The Really all the ingredients, the chicken is good quality chicken and the body can only take in about 35 grams of protein at a time, give or take. I mean, it could be 40 and then there's some attrition, but the body can only pretty much process 35 at a time. So what I'm looking to do every meal that I eat is I'm looking to get a fiber, um, vegetable, solid vegetable experience, fiber experience, and then a solid protein experience with every meal. So because I'm a little shy on this, because this, this particular meal, floats around 29, 30 grams of protein. I take a cup of peas, frozen peas, which I, I love peas. Pea protein is amazing. It's super light. It's super um, easy on the stomach. I heat that up and then I throw that on top of the salad. So I'm pretty much hitting the most protein that a body can synthesize in you know a couple hour period or whatever. And then um, it's kind of just a perfect lunch. And I might add a piece of Ezekiel bread with it to give me just a little bit more carbs because uh, just protein and fibers and the greens kind of don't carry me as well as if I add a little carb power through Ezekiel bread. So that's pretty much my lunch. Okay, moving on to much more exciting things. Here we go. Now, and the other thing, my, my last little, like, this is my pro McDonald's rant right now. And it's not pro McDonald's everything, but I have this idea. And I think if somebody did, I think it would be a viral sensation. I think Someone could make a fortune or at least become famous if they wanted to. But I think they should, someone should do a 45 minute to a 60 minute doc called um, Minimize Me. And it's the exact opposite screen by screen of Supersize Me. The, remember when that thing came out and the guy at McDonald's every day 
for, I don't remember how long it was, but he got fat and sick and pathetic and blah, blah, blah. And I think if somebody did minimize me and they did a screen by screen parody where they go to McDonald's, they get the Southwest chicken salad, they get a water, then they go out to work, then whatever, then they come back for lunch. They get the, you know, the fish filet, which is a nice 20, 20 uh, grams of protein, beautiful cod, very light, nice filet. And they basically eat there for 30 days or whatever and trim down, lean up and look fantastic and circulate that. I think that would be a viral sensation. I think it'd be hilarious. And I think it'd serve the culture and give the culture a reality, a little bit of a reality check. Okay, moving on. Now that I've offended all my wealthier friends and they'll never listen to me again because I'm touting McDonald's of all things. But one last thing on this is I read an article in Reader's Digest about smoothies. And the scientist went around and he ordered different smoothies from all over and he was doing a price to nutrition comparison, this and that and the other thing. And he was, you know, doing the $12 smoothie in California, you know, at the yuppie stand and then this and that and the other thing. And he basically said the McDonald's smoothie was the healthiest, the healthiest. And when you factor in the metric of cost and nutrition, you know, with sugars and the whole type of thing the McDonald's smoothie came out as like pretty much the clear winner from a nutritional and economical standpoint. And they would in a bunch of ways, which is why they're one of the most dominant stocks and the most dominant brands in the history of the world. Okay, now let's get to enthusiasm and the science of marketing. So um, I'm not sure if there was any value in there, but maybe there is. Um, so yesterday we're doing our ultra reading in Isaac's home because it's spring or it's a fall break in Arizona. We have fall break because, um, we just get a week in the fall because we get two weeks in the fall because in the summer we start a little earlier because it's so hot and now the weather's really nice. And so anyway, the kids are all home. So they're joining us for ultra reading. Isaac uh, does a little book on sales and he shares for a minute that in his chapter that he read on like seven habits of highly effective salespeople or something. He said, that when he goes door knocking for his car, interior car wash cleaning, he said, you know, he lacks a little bit of enthusiasm and he's a little insecure. And this chapter was about bringing more enthusiasm into when, you know, you're presenting selling. And he said, you know, I could be more excited about the people when I see him. I could look them in the eye and smile more, give them a compliment and this and that. And then we just talked about enthusiasm for a second. And and the big takeaway that I shared with my son that I, that I really want to um, – share today is enthusiasm. Here's what I told him. I said, so Isaac, here's what I don't want you to understand with enthusiasm. I said, if you think it's the enthusiasm towards the person you're talking to, that's a very different thing because with how that would manifest is you'd say, well, well, you know, well, hello, Miss, Miss Sarah, you have beautiful hair and oh, I love the carpet here and oh, the house smells great. How are you doing today? And get all dorky, geeked out, super hypey and excited about the person you're talking to and getting enthusiastic and kind of spastic and then it falls into flattery and then that's annoying and then you seem like a dork. And I said, so I don't want you to bring enthusiasm to the person as much as, because that's not very, that's not very effective. It, what's a lot more effective is enthusiasm into your product or service. And I said, so when you, when you're coming and you have an interior car wash and you're enthusiastic about the product and the service that you offer, that is when you say something like, hey, if you were to try, if you know, hey, um, so for $5, I clean your entire car, 
I wash your floorboards. I When you step into your car, you feel like it was almost just detailed. And if you went down to the car spot, it'd be about $55 and take about an hour and a half and you'd have to go wait. What I can do in the next 30 minutes is I can give you almost the same type of experience for seven bucks. You absolutely love it or I'll give you your money back. How about we try it? And I said, now that's enthusiasm for your service and your product. And I said, you can sell the shit out of that. If you come up and mistake enthusiasm for the person you're communicating to, you're going to look like a goon. And I said, and then I said another example of one of our top affiliates, he got reached out to by, I, this is a random story from a while ago, but guy hits him up and just says, Hey, I've, you know, I've been watching your Facebook live. I've been tracking you. You know, you, you, you do some cool things. Um, you know, that was his introduction on Facebook and our affiliate went back and he's like, Hey, what's up, homie. And then the the lead or the prospect or whoever on Facebook goes gives a little like tirade lecture on you know I was assuming you guys would be more professional and what's up homie is not professional it's not how the world works this and that and the other thing now if our affiliate was enthusiastic about the person maybe he'd be like oh okay cool man I'm I'm sorry like and start like pedaling back and caring but what he actually said is he's like hey no worries he's like hey no worries brother um, this is just how we talk. Hopefully you can find something that works for you. That's it. Keep it nice. No, no problem. And then the guy came back and said, Oh, actually, okay. You know, like he didn't, he didn't melt. Our affiliate didn't melt under this guy's like tirade on professionalism. And he goes, that's just the way I talk. And, you know, hopefully you find something that works for you and, you know, best to you. And then the guy came back and bought because our affiliate was enthusiastic about our product line not about the people. And that's a huge thing, whatever your business is, be enthusiastic about your product line, know it really, really well. So here's just a quick thing on enthusiasm. It comes from, the, it comes from Greek meaning, and so if you break it down, in theosm, in means just inside, in, theos is enthusiasm, theos is where we get theology, the study of God, so theos is God, so in God ism basically and in the greek it meant possessed by a god right and in in scripture in the hebrew judaic christian thing it means the dynamic dwelling so they say that ancient scripture is divinely inspired so it's enthusiastically inspired whereas like the wind of god is present and felt in the authors as they wrote so it wasn't a robotic possession of god and then they just dictated what you know, God was sending into their brain. There was an enthusiastic wind and a spirit inside them that guided them as they wrote. Now, the deeper thing behind enthusiasm, I'm telling Isaac all this, is that, you know, with this whole like in God, like um, inspired by God as you're doing something, there is this feeling of moral correctedness, like there's a sense of conviction that the product is morally just, correct, well-priced, fair, and it's filled almost with a holiness for the right buyer. Okay, so that's when conviction. So I'm teaching Isaac about, about true enthusiasm. And I said how, you know, enthusiasm can carry the world. And when you're not enthusiastic about your business, when you're not enthusiastic about your product, when you're not enthusiastic and you bring that sense of like the wind of divine energy into what you do, I said, when you don't do that, it's boring by default. It's lame. It falls into uninspiring, undivine, and it just goes into this base commodified, you know, product. And I, and so I, 
the gist of it was with enthusiasm. I really wanted him to understand that you get enthusiastic about your product and your service. Now, that would beg the question, how do you get enthusiastic? Well, the first thing that I would do to get enthusiastic about your product is make a commitment, whatever it is. And again, if you're a chiropractor, if you're a restaurant owner, if you're an internet marketer, if you're a parent, if you're whatever it is, attempt to get the best information in the world on that subject and an attempt to have immersive, experiential, existential experience of the best that product and service can bring to a person with you being the first one to have tasted it. So I was just looking at our affiliate payouts and I realized that our top six affiliates for the last month, every single one of them have purchased almost all of my personal products. Now they've purchased a bunch of other products and this and that and the other thing. But as affiliates for our products, they are enthusiastically, meaning they're, there's an extreme sense of internal conviction that the product that they're selling has moral value, it's properly priced, it's filled with effectiveness for their buyer. So they experienced it existentially in their own life and then they carry that enthusiasm forward and they're our very best sellers. The sellers and the affiliates, and we've, I've had up to 19,000 affiliates at one time, my absolute most shit affiliates that suck, I hate them, I try to get them away, I try to not have them enter our space is when, you know, they're, they're affiliate marketers. They're like, you know, internet marketer types. And, you know, if you're an internet marketing type, high five. I don't, I'm, I'm kind of sounding like a dick here, but I want to sound better than I'm sounding. So I'm going to, I'm going to backtrack a little, smooth it out. But when someone comes and they're just like, what does your product line pay? What is this? Uh, this other thing pays more. Why should I promote your stuff? Or, or they give us some kind of like, we're lucky to have them looking at our products to promote. And it's funny. Um, sometimes those guys will come in and they barely sell anything. It's just so funny. They use the same tactics. They use the same marketing. They use the same everything, but they don't get the results that the people who are like internally convicted at the value of the product because they've experientially had it, those people move product like magic. The people that are just coming to ring the cash register because we have a nice affiliate program, those people die off. They don't do well. They don't understand why our offers don't convert, and they don't. I haven't designed it to convert like a ClickBank offer or anything like that because I find a lot of that marketing very um, gamey and very lame. So anyway, that's just food for thought and enthusiasm. So whatever you're doing right now, um, can you get to the top of the world and experiencing the payoff personally? for the product that you're selling. Zig Ziglar has the famous story from back in the 80s or 70s probably where he was selling pots and pans and he couldn't, he just was struggling to sell these damn pots and pans. So he went to the number one sales guy and he asked like, what's your secret? And he goes, well, we have the best pans in the world. These things practically sell themselves. And he goes, uh, and Zig says, well, yeah, of course they do. Um, you know, but they're not, they're not selling themselves. Like I'm trying and it's not working that well. And the, the lead guy says, well, do you own the pots and pans and use them? And he goes, well, no, I don't, I don't have enough money. They're really expensive. And he goes, well, I bought the pots and pans. And I think that might be the only difference. So Zig buys the pots and pans and becomes one of the world most famous, iconic selling, um, success stories in American history. So 
Food for thought on that regarding enthusiasm. Now, on to the science of marketing in a soundbite culture. This is way more relevant if you're an internet marketer. Um, but really, if you are if you have any business and you do any kind of paid marketing uh, or any kind of deliberate marketing or content marketing or anything, this is really this is really a telling thing. So with our email stats, we have a really small list, and people are surprised how small my list is. My personal list is 4,000 email names. That's it, 4,000. My other list is 9,000. So I'm dealing with like a 13,000-person list. Now, prior to that, I had a 150,000-person list. I didn't mail them for a few months, and I mailed them, and I was getting 2 and 3% open rates. And I was like, I don't want to just send out stuff that's not getting opened. So I sent two or three emails in a row and whoever didn't open one of them, we just cut them off the list. So we shrunk it down to a to a vital list that had to have opened an email in the last 90 days to be current on the list. And then I'm like, I'm going to rebuild from complete scratch using only active readers and such. So here's, here's the soundbite reality um, that I really want to share because it's so crazy in so many ways. So from an email perspective, I'm sitting there and I wrote down some of these. Um, I started, and again, when you do a behavior and something works for your psychographic and you click on something or you end up watching a movie or you respond to marketing, have the self-awareness to say, what inside me triggered that? Why did I buy that? Like really, like what was the actual reason I bought and that'll be a gateway to for you to become a fantastic seller. So anyway, um, Nightingale Kona, they were in the in the past they were the world leader in personal development stuff. I've spent thousands of dollars. I bought so much stuff from Nightingale Kona. When I was broke, I was a kid, I was 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. I'm buying Nightingale Kona regularly, spending fifty bucks here, eighty bucks there. Now, I don't go out to eat and spend money on other things when I'm buying information. Explain that to me. I don't know. But that's what I was doing. And uh, actually, I was able to write copy for Nightingale Conant. I've spoken with Vic Conant through a connection and wrote copy for them. And it, it was really the whole thing came full circle. But anyway, I don't open many emails. I open very few emails. But Nightingale Conant sends out a daily motivational quote of the day. And I find that I read that. I open the email and I read it real quick. And then every month or two, I end up buying the program that they're selling. They're just using the motivational quote of the day as a hook to get the open for you to read more about that concept. And it ends in selling some kind of information product. Well, anyway, I, I triggered to myself. I go, oh, my gosh. I'm opening this motivational quote of the day. I'm going to send out a motivational quote of the day. So our open rates, once we cleaned our list, were floating around 7 to 8%, 7 8 9%. Nothing fancy, barely acceptable in my eyes, but I wasn't regularly mailing them. So I write motivational quote of the day, and then I write entrepreneurial quote of the day. And I just do a quote of the day, and then it leads to either my podcast link or it leads to one of my products, or it doesn't lead to anything. It's just motivational quote of the day. It's got a quote of the day. It tells a little bit, little insight on something, has a picture of what I'm up to that week, and then maybe a promotion of a live event or this or that, the other thing. Well, we saw open rates go from 7 8% up to 15 18 20%, 22%. And this was literally from just putting motivational quote of the day, you know, motivational, and then I'd put the quotations, quote of the day, and then I put the quotations again. And then I'd do marketing quote of the day, entrepreneurial quote of the day, and we just saw everything skyrocket. So here's where things get interesting. 
in the last um, two or three weeks. So this is all very fresh and current and off the cuff and salient or whatever. Um, you know, we review email stats every, we review all our stats, scientific marketing. You, if you're not doing scientific marketing, you're doing hope marketing, you're doing guest marketing, and you're really just unoptimized. You're lot, we're very easy to get lost in our ego, very easy to get lost in what we want instead of working with the way the world is, etc. Well, anyway, so we're, we're debriefing the last like month or two of emails. And as I started doing these off the cuff episodes, um, something really insane happened in the last 90 days. Um, you know, I'll get to that stat here in a second. So anyway, we're looking at email open rates, just open rates. And as I've been doing these off the cuff things, and then I did a little Facebook launch, I, my, instead of putting the subject line, motivational quote of the day or marketing quote of the day, I put, um, the title of our podcast, which is how to save time and win big with your ideas off the cuff episode, or, you know, uh, the subject would be off the cuff episode. Uh, how to run an ultra lean eight figure business, you know, like how these nice how to lines and how to lines perform historically pretty well in selling and they're very functional because they're people are intrigued in how to do things. Well, anyway, so I changed up my strategy of mailing the just quote of the day subject line and I'm going through these open rates and I'm, I shit you not, 6%, 4%, 5%. This is the same listeners and like how to save time and win big with your ideas. That, that line got me like 6%. And then we're, we're scoping through and then I'm like, well, go to the last time I sent a quote of the day subject line. What was that? So it was like a month ago and it was 18%. And there was one oddball factor where one of the texts or one of the broad, and this is just the subject line of the email, not the body of the email, but the subject line which is the gateway to the body, which is the gateway to the link, which is the gateway to the purchase. But anyway, this is whole, this, this is the soundbite um, reality that just, I've known this forever and today just extra cemented this reality to me. Um, there was one odd subject line that I really wanted to check, which was one minute about this week. That was what the subject said, one minute about this week. And I said, let's, let's click on this and see what this one is. 18%. So it wasn't the quote of the day. So I said, okay, so this idea that it's just quote of the day isn't what it is. I said, what it is is people want to click on a sound bite. They want to hear, they want to read a quote. They want to spend a minute. They're busy. They're not thinking, oh, Mark's sending an email. I'm going to drop everything I'm doing, invest 30 to 40 to 60 minutes here, and then pull out my credit card and pay a thousand bucks. Not a lot of people wake up in the morning with that intention. Okay, now this is a reality, especially if you're selling online or if you're in stores. Most people don't wake up with the idea that today I'm going to start spending some money. Most people in their mind are actually thinking, I'm going to constrict my money. I'm going to save it. I'm going to quit wasting money. I'm going to pocket it away. I'm going to get some financial discipline. Their commitment is actually the opposite of what your intention is. <laughs> okay. And this is, this is just something to um, realize and then commingle that reality with the reality that when somebody is learning and when they're in the act of purchasing, they get something called a buyer's buzz. They get a learner's buzz. And it's one of the most hypnotic and it's one of the most addictive behaviors and experiences you can provide a human is to give them a buyer's buzz and to give them a learning buzz. So you kind of, you got to learn to layer conflicting, seemingly opposed realities on top of each other. But anyway, 
So I realized that this one minute about the week um, got just as high a clicks as the quote of the day thing. So I'm sitting there talking to Jaden and I'm freaking out and I go, I just, I can't believe that, that this is real. Like these are the same listeners. These are the same buyers. These are the same things, but how to save money and big with and win big with your idea. I said, what I think that means when they read that is they say, now, if I click that, it's either going to be, they're going to be, he's going to be selling me a product and I just don't want to spend money right now because they have already pre-committed to saving money or to not spend money. Um, so I think, or, so I think that's part of it. And then I also think how to save time and win big with your idea sounds like a clunky, you know, a chunky, like mind expand or mind spending strategy that you have to sit down and work with and think. And I think people are so caught up in just managing, keeping their nose above water and just breathing that they don't want to dive down and study something deep. So instead, and this is what I was sharing with Jaden, instead of being frustrated at how the world is, because I told Jaden, I said, you know, the reality here is we are a completely soundbite culture. People, everything starts with just, it's a crumb trail. And as marketers right now, we have to learn to double and triple up on that first crumb so that people will get to that crumb. Because if they take that crumb, put it in their mouth, and all of a sudden they get a little burst of energy, their dreams get a little brighter, they start seeing the world a little bit clearer, they take another breadcrumb, and then they purchase a product, and then that opens them up to another breadcrumb. And then pretty soon, they're in a brand new reality with brand new experiences, more optimized life, better businesses, saving times, more vacations. And I said, we can take them to as much of an earthly paradise as I'm aware of, but we have to start mastering better than we already have sound bites getting people to click quick click quick give them a short experience even even this podcast format i've brought it down to 30 minutes because in the consumption here's the other sound bite thing which is insane i've brought the sound i've brought these off the cuff episodes to about 30 minutes and i've got 4 minutes left of this one and so i brought them down to 30 minutes and in the last 90 days, our total amount of listens compared to the last seven days, 25% of our total listens in the thousands, 25% of them have occurred in the last seven days compared to over the string of the last 90 days. Our previous podcasts were 45 minutes to an hour plus. Now I'm going to 30 minutes and I'm going to more, um, more just opening the laptop and just spitting out a podcast quick and our listens and listen to this. This is crazy. In the last 30 days, 50% of our listens have came in the last seven days. So there's a lot to take from this, but one of them is 30 minutes or less is super hot. Now I want you to understand that. And then I want you to layer a completely opposed reality on top of this one. Okay. Because what I'm just saying is short soundbite is the, is the name of the game. But those short sound bites, they are a crumb trail that leads into a bigger, wider kingdom. Okay, so I want you to I want you to see as a marketer, you start with sound bites, you start small, and then there's an increasing ladder of attention span and desire that people will have to consume your products, purchase your products, spend on your products, and on and on we go. So I'm doing another sales video, and this this particular sales video is for a sale of a minimum to a four hundred to about a $1.2 million purchase. Okay, so it's $400,000 to a $1.2 million purchase. 
And I, I got to hand this to Matt Shetler, who, when I'm creating this, and it's it's a hot it's a hot hot video. It's I I have that feeling where I know this one's gonna knock it knock it out. I said I really want to keep this thing to an hour, but it is it is one of the biggest purchases people will ever make in their life, and um, but I kind of want to keep it under an hour or at an hour. And Matt said, Mark, why don't you take the mindset? That you make it so enthralling that just like somebody will watch a two-hour movie absolutely captivated, you just keep the enthrallment and the captivation as high as you can. You share everything necessary for them to make that good purchase and don't worry about time. Keep it completely secondary. Now, these are now this is the thing about becoming quantum in your thinking is a binary thinker can only take one truth and cast off anything that's not in that line of truth. Okay, so a binary thinking is, it's either a one or a zero in computer program. So it's either true or false. Now, uh, quantum thinking is you're able to take in uh, multiple informations that are opposed to each other or conflicted and see them all as relevant and curate a, a worldview that's based on a much thicker, thicker reality. And so while it's true that the soundbite thing is, is very, very real, it's also true that people who are going to throw down 400 to a million, 400,000 to a million bucks, those people want a lot of information. They want to be sold. They want to know all the details. They want to, they're willing to spend days really collecting information and studying and whatever. And that time then becomes completely secondary. In fact, the more someone's inside something that's their dream, time actually becomes irrelevant and the whole soundbite thing switches. They want to stay in that environment. They want to stay in that energy. So these are two absolutely true things that are completely opposite of each other. But how you can reconcile them a little bit is it's the soundbite and it's the soundbite marketing that leads people to end up watching this, this big video that I'm putting together. All right, so my Southwest chicken salad and peas are ready to be consumed. That's my 30-minute timer. Love you guys. Uh, cheers to more episodes. Rock and roll.